Holiday parties become one after the next affairs. Let's find a way to make our parties extra special with some additions of our own making. Of course, the snacks and the nosh will be special, but today I want to talk about the drinks. From infused alcohols such as Kahlua or a cranberry-infused vodka, to our own mixers and tinctures, or even our very own Big Kid Eggnog, let's find a way to make our party extra special with flavors you just can't get from commercial bottles. And no, you don't need a mixology degree to do this. Anyone can tweak the mixers for a personalized Christmas party. So come on, let's learn a little bit about how to make our parties the best on the block. The Culinary Libertarian Podcast, Episode 61. Welcome to the Culinary Libertarian Podcast, where the philosophy is free, but the food is on you. Hello folks, Dan Reed here with the Culinary Libertarian. Welcome back to the podcast. Happy to have you here. Happy to be here. Head over to my support page, culinarylibertarian.com slash support to follow me on my various social media links, join my Eating Liberty Facebook group, or support the show through donations in the various forms of PayPal, Bitcoin, or Patreon. You can also support the show with a few clicks of the mouse to your favorite podcatcher. Give the show a rating and a review. Those kinds of engagements help move the show up so more people can find it and more people can listen and more people can get cooking. Uh, the last way to support the show is with a purchase of a coffee mug from my Cranky Without Coffee mug store linked on the support page. My guest today is Phil Creshen. I was on Phil's Drunk Botany show a couple of years ago, and today he is our guest. Phil is a bartender who makes nearly everything he can instead of buying it, and that's impressive. I approached Phil to come on and talk about a long list of holiday drinks. Well... He came back with more than enough information about hot and cold toddies for a whole episode. We did talk about a few other things, but mostly hot and cold toddies and some good information about how to make them even better. Welcome, Phil. Thank you for joining me today on the Culinary Libertarian Podcast. Good to hear from you, Dan. It's been a while. It has. I was thinking it's probably been close to two years since we spoke last about uh, lavender and simple syrups. Simple syrups specifically. I'd like to actually revisit that today if uh, you have some time. I know. In fact, what we're going to talk about today, uh, I sent you, you know, the people don't know this, I sent you <laughs> a very long list of ideas and topics to address for holiday. So everybody can make, I mean, would it be say a rum and coke or something, you know, apple cider or spiced apple cider? That's almost expected, and there's nothing really wrong with it. But one of the 
skills that you have that I find very impressive is your bartending uh, ninja skills of making nearly everything. And I find that really impressive. So there's, for those who wish to and can, take their bartending hosting skills to some other level, that's the purpose of this show, is to introduce some ideas, even if we don't get to that particular thing, some ideas of how to make your drinks the talk of the year. So holiday season 2020, everybody says, oh my gosh, we have got to go back to her house. She had the best drinks. So that's the goal for today. You know, <laughs> No pressure. Well, well, Dan, I do think that I have something I can work with for you. Um, I figured you would. Yeah, I, I find myself uh, in a quiet hotel room with no children running around. So uh, you managed to bring me out of retirement, if you will. Um, so I just figured I would get started with something that was a little bit conducive to staying in a hotel room. So I have to cheat a little bit. I apologize. Sure. Um, but what I'd like to talk to you about today is a hot toddy. Uh, and before I get right into it, um, I'm the kind of guy who travels everywhere with, uh, the means of doing different things. So I, I was floating around on a website, uh, barproducts.com. And I was looking at these things. They have these gig bags that they sell for people, uh, that have all the things that you would need to do, need to have with you as a traveling bartender you know like you'll have your bar spoon and your your boston style shaker and you know all the different tools that you might expect and i was like you know that's a great idea i'd like to take that idea and make it my own so i turned around and i got from a rummage sale uh an old disused ammo can and uh i started building a little gig bag out of it so uh, using rare earth magnets and various implements, I managed to make this really cool traveling gig bag, which I'm putting to use for the first time today. So I have my handy dandy long handled bar spoon in my hands and uh, a bottle of Seagram's VO Canadian uh, because when I used to travel, my father-in-law's uh, preferred hotel drink of choice was VO and club. So I was going to honor him in that way. Nice. But then I figured if I have this quiet time, you're darn tootin'. I'm going to call up Dan Reed and see if I can't fulfill my <laughs> obligations to the fellow. So what I have here, um, I, I knew coming into this that I wanted to talk about hot toddies. And uh, I thought about our last conversation. Um, so if, if your listeners are familiar with me and my work, or if they're not, rather, uh, I used to run a podcast called Drunk Botany. And you were a guest on it fairly early on. And we talked about simple syrups. So I wanted to revisit that so that we both could kind of circle back and talk about things we have talked about before on our both respective podcasts and i made an earl gray syrup okay but I'll, I'll come back to that again at the end i just wanted to make sure that i brought that up ahead of time i'm actually going to go ahead and open i have it in a little squirt bottle uh because that's my preferred method of storing simple syrup which 
So just so I am clear in the picture in my head, you say a squirt bottle, and I have either two. I have two choices. As a cook, I'm thinking that little eight ounce hairdresser bottle, but I'm also thinking three Stooges seltzer bottle. So <laughs> of those two, or maybe the third, which kind of squirt、oh, bottle do you have? Wrong on both counts, sir. Hang on one second. I have some whiskey to pour. There we go. Get a good two ounces in there. Okay.、Um, yeah.、Uh, what I'm using、uh, from a culinary background, I want you to think of a FIFO bottle or a FIFO bottle. You know those first in, first out squeeze bottles. Yeah. Okay. So I was trying to duplicate that, but I wanted to figure out a way of copying that system. Uh, on like a normal person's budget, like nobody is gonna go out and buy a FIFO bottle unless you're me. I mean, I drive around with them in my car because I'm a crazy person. But what I figured out was、uh, at at the Sam's Club they sell Deer Park water and they have this sport bottle top. Um, it it, it kind of opens the way the old timey football Gatorade bottle did, you know, like so you could squeeze it or like a like a bottle that you would put on your bicycle. Right, has a nozzle like that. So I took that and I,、uh, I, I drank the water obviously in a cup because I'm not a savage, and、um, I、uh, I refilled it with the syrup so that I have a easy dispensing mechanism and I can see and control the flow of it the same way that like、uh, a garde manger kind of guy would put together a salad dressing. Uh, so that was my method. That was why I wanted to go that direction. But logistics aside, I'd like to go ahead and talk to you a little bit about hot toddies. Okay,、right? uh, that's an acceptable thing for you to talk about, right? Oh, of course. I mean, this is because、um, so the holiday style drinks to me are hot toddies, mulled wines, spiced, spiked apple cider.、Uh, what I have is a. Uh, actually, the clue I made last year mixed with some nice eggnog because to me eggnog and holidays just go together. So there's a, a good hand. Oh, and wassail! You <laughs> can't forget about wassail and Christmas time. So hot tide certainly fits in with all of this. I think you've got several episode ideas right there, and maybe there's a chance we can even revisit them. Dan, you might be. You may need to get another hotel.、Uh, yeah. Right.、Um, anyway, so. I wanted to talk about hot toddies because there's a little bit of confusion about what they are. Every so often, people make them differently. They have kind of an interesting story, and I figured I'd talk to you about it. I don't really have a botanical component to introduce to this discussion, except for the fact that a lot of hot toddies incorporate tea into their recipes.、Uh, in fact, the one that I'm doing today incorporates two different teas. Because I'm cheating,、um, but I'll get to that later. So I want to talk about hot toddies because you know, like、uh, when I get sick, I always want to self-medicate with whiskey.、Um, I don't know that it actually makes me get any better, but it makes me mind a whole lot less that I am sick. <laughs>、uh, so. <laughs> I, I found one of the reasons that I like hot toddies. That's, that's not altogether a bad you know, result. Right, right. You know, like、uh, better to light a candle.、Um, so I was thinking to I was thinking to myself, the hot water 
in a hot toddy helps you with congestion. So if if you're backed up a little bit because it's cold season, uh, a hot toddy is an option. You know, like that's why people drink nice herbal teas and things like that anyway. Uh, I just find that that whiskey is a nice extra thing. You know, a little drop of the water of life helps me every time. Um, but that being said, I, I do have to point out that whiskey is not it's not like vitamins, you know, like it's not really good for you. Uh, I mean, there are some doctors who say it'll alter your blood cells and help you fight infections a little bit, but alcohol is also a diuretic, you know? So if what you have is a cold, you should be drinking a lot of fluids that maybe don't have alcohol in them. Uh, so they might serve to dehydrate you. So maybe be in moderation and don't just use this as carte blanche to, uh, get, too much of my favorite eggnog made of bourbon and ice cubes. Um, anyway, uh, that's another thing that I wanted to point out is that whiskeys and alcohols in general can interact with uh, some of the things that you take when you are sick. Like if, if you're taking acetaminophen, uh, a hot toddy is kind of a recipe for liver failure. Uh, and I don't want to... Not that I'm a doctor or anything. Dr. Phil is not in session right now, but... Uh, Acetaminophen and alcohol are not good for your liver. And if you're on cough syrups and things like that and trying to add some alcohol in it, you can cause dizziness and vomiting and stuff. And So I don't want to go in that direction. But if you're just starting to get the cold and you're not medicating with anything else, whiskey's just fine. It's just fine. <laughs> um, so I think that without getting too derailed, I think there's a lot of room in the whiskey alone for... Well, is it either we're talking about Scotch or Kentucky? And then we have a variety of price ranges and definitely a huge range of qualities. So I don't imagine you're using Pappy Van Winkle for your hot no, toddy. No, I wouldn't. Probably not even a Blanton. I'll be honest. Uh, my go-to when I'm making a hot toddy is always Jameson Irish whiskey. It's always what I go to. Okay. Uh, the recipe that I always used at the bar, um, it kind of deviates from like a traditional hot toddy, as I'll get into a little bit later. But I make it with hot water, the whiskey. Uh, I squeeze a couple of lemons in there, and I dissolve some honey. And that's kind of it. It's good to go. Um, and when you breathe it in, it's like a grown-up Vicks Vapo rub. It's perfect. <laughs> but at the end of the day, like uh, you're probably better off self-medicating with something like chicken soup, which I'm sure you have a great recipe for. I Actually, I do. Because uh, you feed a cold. And you starve a fever. So let's talk a little bit, since you mentioned about botanicals, I think there's a way, maybe more than you thought about, uh, let's talk a little bit about lemons. Because you go to the store and generally you see those lemons next to the limes. Uh, depending on where you live and what time of the year it is, there's at least the option of a Meyer lemon some time of the year, which is, if you've never had a Meyer lemon and you see one, you really should buy it just to see that not all lemons are the same. And Meyer lemon is an amazing, spectacular lemon to try. Isn't the Meyer lemon the bitter lemon? I I think it is not. I think the Meyer lemon, I find it to be a little sweeter. The, the Meyer lemon is the sweet lemon. Yeah, we so, used it at the restaurant, and I, f I forget the exact qualities of it, but I remember it being a big deal that we brought them in. They were smaller 
weren't they? Uh, I've, I've seen them in various sizes. I've seen them pretty big as well. So they, like like every other lemon and pretty much every other citrus, you're going to get a, a, a range. Well, even more exciting than the Meyer lemon, um, especially as you come into the Christmas season, you start to see some really exciting uh, oranges coming into the grocery stores, especially if you go to a nice grocery store like a Wegmans or like a Market 32. Um, and I mention that because I like to use oranges as well as lemons in cold toddies. When I now you're just getting all sciency here, hot and cold and oh yeah. Well, I was talking to you about it, and you, you were interested in maybe trying to riff on the take of uh, traditional Christmas beverages, and I wanted to point out that there is a possibility of doing the hot toddy cold. You know, like once we get away from that, and we decided we're instead just going to have fun with it. I'm getting ahead of myself, uh, so I just I want to talk a little bit about where the hot toddy comes from okay like um and that the reason why i want to talk about where it comes from is because i think that that is why there are so many differences in the ways that people make hot toddies so the recipe that i mentioned that i make at bars like that i don't think is a real hot toddy because the hot toddy originally comes to us from like india uh so the spices are important uh people when making a true hot toddy, want to incorporate things like cinnamon and cloves and sometimes cardamom. Uh, I think an orange, the the rind and the pith of the orange, as well as the lemon, the citrus that you get there, uh, really help to bring out the flavors in the hot toddy. Um, and the reason I mention it, India, is toddy is an Indian word. It's originally used for um, a drink that they made out of spices and the fermented palm saps. So when the British came over and started colonizing everything and putting tea in everything, that's kind of where we wound up with this weird hybrid version of the hot toddy that we see being made in so many different ways today. But I maintain that the spices are important, as important as perhaps the alcohol. Uh, there are some people who say that um, my story that I just told is kind of bunk uh, and that it actually came about through prescriptions from an Irish doctor named Dobbert. I'm excuse, excuse me. Uh, they say that it actually came about as a prescription from the Irish doctor Robert Bentley Todd. Uh, he used a, a version of the hot toddy that was made with brandy and cinnamon and sugar water and I think that it's important to note that you've got the alcoholic component and still a spice and the heat so you can see already the way that we are starting to play with the interchange of these different ingredients and using them to help you not mind the symptoms of your bodily distress very quickly um, so once you come to the Americas People aren't really using whiskey at all because it was hard to make. We weren't doing it. Like, we were consuming a lot of rum in the early Americas. So you either used rum, which we got from the Sugar Islands, or you used local brandies and you heated them up. And that was the American version of the hot toddy. Uh, so what I've done today is create kind of a cheater hot toddy in that revolutionary American liberty spirit of working with what is available to you 
uh, with limited preparation. Now, I knew I was going to talk to you, so I went ahead and I made a syrup, which I'll get to again later. Uh, and I brought that with me, and I brought the VO with me because I was going to stay in a hotel. Uh, but then I said, how, do my, how am I going to make a hot toddy? So the first thing I did when I stopped at the front desk, they said, well, we have tea all day. And I said, score. I get hot water. Uh, this is going to be possible after all. Um, and I said, well, do you have lemon and honey or oranges, perhaps? I was fishing with the oranges. Um, Folks, we're going to come back in just a minute to let Phil tell us about how he managed with the hotel's complimentary tea service. But first, a word from my sponsor. And they said, no, it's, it's nothing fancy like that. You get tea bags and you get hot water. So I was like, ooh. So I, uh, I snuck over to their coffee tea area and I looked at what I had before me. And wouldn't you know that Bigelow, the tea company, uh, makes a non-caffeinated herbal tea called Orange and Spice. So I get my orange flavor, <laughs> and I get spices. Uh, the spices listed on the ingredients are rose hips and hibiscus, and then it just generically says spices and orange peel. Uh, so I'm hoping that some of the spices that I'm looking for are in there. So what I've done is I brewed up a nice cup of tea uh, using this Bigelow orange and spice, uh, and I've added to it two of their provided honey packets, stirred them up real nice and good. I added an ounce of the syrup that I've made, and I put two ounces of VO in there, and I stirred them together. And that's my hot toddy that I've been drinking for the entire time we've been recording. Uh, and that's, that's, that's a hot toddy in a pinch. But what you'd really want to do at home would be to use the juice of fresh orange and fresh lemon you want to put into it your cloves and your spices, whichever spices are making the nice uh, profile that you're looking for. But I personally would probably muddle an orange with cloves stuck into its rind, garnish that bad boy with a uh, cinnamon stick, uh, maybe squeeze a lemon in there, and uh, drink it that way. Uh, but again... The tea is optional. The hot water is the power that you're really going for. That's what hot, that's the hot, and the spices and the liquor make it a toddy. Um, but now that I uh, have explained what I'm drinking right now, I would like to take a moment to tell you about what I would have preferred to be drinking if I had access to my kitchen at home and all of the toys that I like to play with when I know I'm going to be talking to Dan Reed. Well, yes, please. Tell me about what you would drink if you had all of your toys. Well, actually, I want to give you guys um, two recipes over here. Uh, and in the spirit of our last discussion, I'm going to talk about Earl Grey syrup two ways. So first, I'm going to start with the syrup that I actually made. And I already talked to you about like how I repackaged it and everything like that. But So you're going to start out and you're going to brew yourself a nice cup of tea. I, uh, that, that to me means a tea bag and six ounces of hot water. Uh... If you're one of those loose tea type fellows, because I am the kind of guy who uh, pulls out a guy one every once in a while, which is like a Japanese lidded bowl, it's the best way to work with loose tea. So if you're going to use loose tea, probably go with two grams, maybe three grams of your Earl Grey. 
Uh, and you don't have to be married to Earl Grey. I just wanted to bring something delightfully British in there. And I really liked the bergamot oil that you find in Earl Grey because it's evocative of an orange. It's also a citrus fruit. It's green and warty. Um, I think it is that I think it's a good choice for pairing of the flavors that you're getting in this drink. Exactly. But also if you have to cheat and uh, just use like an orange packet and you don't have any citrus juices to play with, you can really play up that citrus rind by using an, a bergamot. So what you do is you, you take your cup of tea and while it's still nice and warm, you add equal parts of sugar, stir that in and let that cool off and that's your syrup, okay? Now that's the easy thing. Wait, wait, equal parts of to what portion, the tea or the water? So let's say you wind up with six ounces of tea. Then you measure out another six ounces of sugar. Okay. And you blend the two together. And that is quite simply a syrup. This is ground we've covered before. Yeah, I'm just making sure in case someone's listening, because you had two measurements, you said equal par- equal parts, like, well, wait a minute. <laughs> Which, which part? So I just want, well, I want to make it clear that. That, that the listener who's following says, oh, okay, now I know how to make this. You know, realistically, if you haven't listened to Dan's episode on the simple syrups, you're missing out and you should go back and check it out. Uh, well, I'm, as it happens, I'm going to link to that on uh, today's show notes page, which is culinarylibertarian.com slash 61. All right. Well, I want to give you an idea for a syrup that I haven't made, but now really want to make. Uh, And this is a more potent syrup. So the rules are going to be very similar. You're going to go ahead and start and make your cup of tea, and then you're going to reduce it by half over low heat. So your six ounces becomes three. Right. And to this, we're going to add three ounces of honey. And let that cool. So what you're going to get there is all of the nourishing qualities of honey. Because honey is so good for your, your health. If, if you're a listener to my show, you're going to want to go back and listen to the episode that I did with the beekeeper's daughter. Uh, and we'll talk about the benefits of local honey. You want to have local honey. You want real honey. None of that Chinese black market honey. That's counterfeit out there. Uh, That's really corn syrup masquerading with honey. Uh, You don't want that. You want something that came from a couple of miles within your house. That's going to have all the things that help you fight off the bad guys in the wintertime. The episode, I think, was called Bees, Beowulf, and the Beekeeper Daughter. No, Honey, Beowulf, and the Beekeeper's Daughter. I think that was the episode that I did. Uh, I'll send you a link to my show if you want to add it to your show notes page. Absolutely. But yeah, um, that's the idea for a second syrup. And I think that it would be a better syrup. I just didn't have the chance to reduce anything because I was uh, working under time constraints, as I'm sure you're aware. So now I want to... Sure. No, the, thing I like, the, the, the thing I like about the honey syrup... Well, there's several things. One, you're going to get sugar adds, of course, a viscosity and a, and sweet, but that's it. Where honey, well, now honey, you're going to get, I mean, depending on where you are, say if you're in Apalachicola, you're getting, 
uh, you well, you're getting Van Morrison's Tupelo honey, oh, and that's the only so place in the world to get it, and it's spectacular. Um, but pretend, you know, if you are in uh, anywhere there's wine in New Jersey or California or uh, New York, get the honey from the wineries. That's some really impressive stuff. So you you have an opportunity wherever you are locally to sort of make a drink unique in the world because no one else has exactly that that locally sourced honey. And now this is this is cool. This is neat stuff. Well, actually, if you're down south near Florida, you can get your hands on saw palmetto honey. Uh, that saw palmetto. Yeah, honey that's good stuff too. Is fantastic it's a little spicier than your traditional clover honeys or your wildflowers um, and i really love the way that that works in cocktails now one of the reasons why i mention turning the honey into a syrup is honey is so thick that it is very difficult to incorporate it into drinks so if you add to it an equal amount of liquid it then blends so much easier to cocktails. So you could use this as an interesting way to spice up your old fashions. In fact, that's, a, that's another th interesting thing is some variations of the hot toddy will call for aromatic bitters. Uh, and aromatic bitters, is, if you use like Angostura, um, they work so well with, uh, they, or I'm sorry, Agnostura. They work so well with orange. Right. So I would like them in a hot toddy. Now, what I want to do over here is I want to turn the hot toddy on its head. And I want to kind of visit the idea of an old-fashioned with the fruit in it. So my there, there are a couple of variations you can find if you look on the internet for a cold toddy. I didn't invent the idea of a cold toddy. But this is how I make cold toddies. Uh, I want you to start, a, start out by slicing an orange in half. And you leave that flat side down so it's not going to go anywhere. And I want you to just cut it into slices. Give, it, give yourself about a quarter inch thickness on that uh, orange so that there's some heft to that orange. And then you want to pierce that rind with cloves. So that much in the way that you would pierce the skin of a ham with cloves. Right. It should, it should look like the tail of a dinosaur. And then you throw two of those bad boys into the bottom of an old-fashioned glass or a rocks glass, if that's what you have. And just muddle that together with a lemon. You can use a lemon wedge. You don't have to cut it the same way that you cut the orange. Do whatever you like, you know. Uh, then I say add one of these two... Earl Grey syrups that I told you about, I would use the right. honey one. Throw in two ounces of whiskey, stir that bad boy, and garnish it with a cinnamon stick. Uh, I don't think it would hurt to add a couple dashes of Angostura bitters, but it would also be really interesting if you cut the spices out and tried to make your own bitters with rinds of citrus, and your different spices. You just have to be mindful of your infusion times when you're dealing with hefty spices like clove and uh, cinnamon. They can very rapidly overpower a tincture. Uh, so 
if uh, I'm one of those guys who will spend like months working on something so that when it comes time to execute a drink, I could do it quickly. So like if you wanted to cut out all the muddling and instead get all those interesting flavors into a liquid form that you only add a couple dashes to, you might have a really simple version of a cold toddy by adding your syrup, your dashes of bitters, and your whiskey and just go to town on that. That would be like a super fast way, but it might take you months to do that uh, that bitters. In fact, that might be an episode in and of itself for us to visit perhaps this time next year. It could be, but I think you've stumbled on a fantastic tailgating beverage. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man, I imagine that would be amazing out, outside of a Steelers game or an Eagles game. Someplace where or, cold, or a real football team. But a boom. I think that, no, as far as like um, going for the convenience and spending the time to get to the point where this is just something that's easy to do, I think is a, is a drink on the go for places where you couldn't possibly make one of those. That's a really good idea. I also like the ability of being able to adjust your ingredients as you go. And you lose some of that control when you're working with whole fruits. I don't know. Uh, it's just interesting things. And that's that's what I've got for you today. Cool. Well, that's good. And uh, I don't know if we're going to get a chance to do it in 2019. And we should try to go back because there are between – I will – Put the link for the Simple Syrups episode on the show notes page because there's a lot of useful and helpful information about how to – and you, know, you don't have to make your own bitters. I mean, that's, if you can, that that's fine. There's Everyone has a set of priorities, and uh, with within what you're willing and able to do, there's ways to – instead of just opening a, a bottle of 7-Up and a bottle of whatever, you can – personalize your holiday drinks and your bartending scene to what you can do and to your own preferences and really expand the palates of both yourself and your guests. And I think that's really the fun thing to do. And the Simple Syrups offer a just incredibly versatile tool for making these great flavors that no one's going to think of. And probably won't do. So, again, you'll be the rock star of the year. Uh, and if you like them, invite them back next year. Well, I just thought it was important to mention the fact that making bitters is within the realm of the home bartender. I Again, on Drunk Batney, I did an episode of uh, all about making your own bitters. Uh, the episode was called, Of All the Flavors You Chose to... Uh, the episode was called... All of these flavors, and you chose to be bitter. <laughs> I like that. But yeah, that's what I that's what I have for you, and uh, I really appreciate the fact that you invited me back on. You know, I was getting rusty in my old age. Well, so you you've alluded to it, and if you're willing to talk about it, you have uh, found some stability in your employment, and if you don't wish to discuss it further than that, that's fine. Yeah, I don't really want to talk about uh, work just now. Um, cause I'm still figuring things out and, uh, I like work to be work and play but to be play. No, 
no longer at the mercies of the fickle service industry. Yes, but I think I'll always have a foot in the door there. I don't think that a guy like me ever fully leaves that industry. Oh, but I did want to say, um, I'd be interested in trying to do another episode with you again if I wind up uh, all alone in a hotel room that's quiet and free of children again. Uh, and there's a possibility Absolutely. that that may happen. You know, maybe we'll talk uh, about another Christmas cocktail. Well, I'd really like to get into a sale. Because, one, everyone knows the word from one of those Christmas songs. But I think very few people know what it is. And so, because they don't know what it is, wouldn't recognize a good one from a bad one. And that's a problem. You may be onto something there. So, we should make some wassail next time. That is true. I was originally very intimidated by wassail when I first read about it. I remember talking to... Uh, a cook who actually inspired me to start podcasting in the first place about wassail and she turned her nose up at the idea but ever since doing that episode with chef carly avansky uh about sour mix uh i we learned to make authentic 1920 sour mix i now am unintimidated by the concept of wassail and would love to give it a shot. Very good. I just don't know how to execute a wassail in a hotel room. Well, so this is an opportunity to take your idea of making the cold toddy for transport and applying that idea to the wassail. Now, the other challenge, I think, is the wassail is well, so we can turn tradition on its head again, because I don't really have a problem with that. Which wassail, of course, is traditionally a, a hot beverage. Look at culinary libertarian Dan Reed over here giving me homework assignments to do. You know what? If so, we can we, if we thought about this as a cold drink, but wanted to simulate the uh, the, uh, the the body reaction of something hot. Well, the obvious first choice is cayenne. Capsaicin, uh, only because kind. it's got the heat to it. But there's got to be. But I find I find cayenne. Well, I, I find it ungraceful. I like and habanero. There's, there's got to be something that's Tabasco might work. No. It's, it's Tabasco is only slightly less graceful, nope. but I, I, that's, of all the hot sauces, that's the one I tolerate the best. Which means all the other ones I hate. Um, but there's something we have to think this through because a way to make the the body react to the heat even though the drink is cold i cheat with that a stuff puzzle. all I the like time it. i had a guy in uh pittston pennsylvania who used to grow carolina reaper peppers and he also used to grow uh jalokia peppers uh he grew scorpion peppers and he gave me a quart not a quart jar a pint jar of powdered scorpion pepper. If I ever consumed that in my lifetime, I would be dead. What I did was I took, I'm giving you a secret here. This is like a thing that I was originally saving for a Bloody Mary episode, but like I'll give it to your listeners today instead. Um, I took one teaspoon of this powder I think it was a teaspoon might have been a half a teaspoon and i dissolved it in two ounces 
of Tito's vodka. And then I put that into a Tabasco dropper bottle so that you can put like one or two drops into things. Now I find you put like two drops into a bowl, like into a giant pot of chili. That's all the heat you need. That sounds hot. It is hot, but that's another thing. It's that habanero flavor of heat. It blends and lends itself to so many other flavors in a way that cayenne and uh, those greener tasting peppers like jalapeno do not. See, I'm, I'm one. I'm a heat. I'm a heat wimp. I, I just will admit that. But I don't prefer jalapenos because I don't really care for the flavor of them. But again, if you're um, working in droplet, so form, I'm, you can change the dilution for instance if you wanted to take a drop and mix that drop into an ounce of whiskey or something like that and you taste the tiniest little bit of that whiskey a teaspoonful have what have you and you decide that's too hot you can then cut that whiskey in half and thereby control the amount of heat that you're adding to a drink right just uh, food for thought Anyway, mm-hmm. it's uh, it's late on this uh, coast, and uh, yes, it is. It's I have an early day. You had, well, then don't let me keep you up longer. But you know, you've got your you've got your toddy to help you sleep. So you know it, <laughs> Dan. You are a joy as always, and thanks for having me as a guest. I'd love to come back if that's an option. It is an option, and we should figure out uh, next week when you're back home. We'll message and figure out a time. And a date when we can do it again. We'll talk about, well, we won't talk about the 1.2 million Scoville units of the re, of the scorpion <laughs> pepper, but we will talk about what's sale. Absolutely. And I'll tell you, if I have the time, I'll tell you a story about uh, a dishwasher in Naples <laughs> who, ate, who ate the wrong thing. I love it, Dan. Thanks for having me. I'll take it easy. All right. Thanks, Phil. Have a good night. All right, folks. That's going to do it. Please do subscribe to the Culinary Libertarian Podcast on Apple Podcasts, and that way you get the feed directly into your podcatcher. It's easy and free, and that way you don't miss an episode. Holiday season means holiday parties. If you are more of the guest type than the host type, bring a host gift to impress. Check out California Wine Club with my affiliate link, culinarylibertarian.com slash C-A-Wine. California Wine Club has a wide variety of U.S. wines, not just California, as well as international wines with subscription packages and choices for every budget and palate. California Wine Club selects artisan wineries instead of the large commercial wineries to feature the wine craft at its best. Gift sets are perfect for all kinds of special occasions, weddings, holidays, birthdays, and even corporate gifts for clients. Every wine featured in their five monthly wine clubs comes from a real working winery and is proudly backed by the California Wine Club Love It Guarantee. Click over to the com slash CAWine to learn more and start your subscription today. And for you bartender types, there is a link on the show notes page, com slash 61, 
for portable bartender kits similar to the ones Phil mentioned. Have a good week, and I'll see you soon. Music for the Culinary Libertarian Podcast is provided by Matthew Bankert at mattbankert.com.